you conceive it to be part of your mission to assault and loot the ship of an ambassador to the court. Captain Thorpe, do you imagine that we are at war with Spain? Your Grace, Spain is at war with the world. Enough of this! Going. It's going pretty well. Pretty good. Pretty good. Good. Yep. Doing yeah. it. Feeling good. What Getting are we doing money. today? Today we are continuing with our Errol Flynn tradition, and we it's are. It's a very doing long tradition. It is. Five years in between Captain Blood. And yeah, this for one. us. I mean. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's a so far a story tradition of, of two things. Mm-hmm. But maybe there'll be more. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see. But for now, we are doing Errol Flynn's 1940 classic, The Seahawk. The Seahawk. Bum, bum, bum. Is it a famous movie? Yeah. I don't know, Question really. Mark. No. <laughs> I think so. Well, I think a classic, you know. like It's a, a classic. I would yeah. say yes. Yeah. I think it's, it's an oddball of a thing because um, I think it's famous for being very pro-British propaganda for the war effort you love leading to see it. into World War II. You love to see it. You love to see King Philip of Spain get a really bad look because everybody's like, he's basically an allegory for Hitler. I am, you know, as far as World War II goes, I am pro-British. Yeah, I, I think we should all be. Also, fun fact, I'm pretty sure Winston Churchill said this was one of his favorite movies of all time. That makes sense. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. It's his last pirate movie too, right, Errol? Flynn? I believe so. Don't quote me on that. It's it's definitely later in the run. I know later. he's kind of getting tired of it, which mm-hmm. is important to note because a lot of the players in this film got the parts because other people who have historically been in classic Errol Flynn movies turned down the roles. So the two big ones, of course, are Basil Rathbone and Olivia de Havilland. Basil, surprise, surprise got offered the role of playing the main villain, mm-hmm. Lord, Lord Wolfingham, Wolfingham yeah. which is just such a dope, it's a good like, name. evil name. And then Olivia de Havilland uh, got the role, or offered the role of Donna Maria, but she's like, I'm tired of swashbuckling films. Do we know why Basil didn't want to do it? I think it was the same thing. Also, to be honest, he's probably like, I'm sick and tired of losing these damn sword fights. That's true. Though I think he just consistently loses all yeah, the he, time. Yeah, I think he kept doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think he was just like, I'm done with Errol. <laughs> That's a lie. I think I think similar to Olivia, he was like, I want to broaden my horizons and do other roles that mm-hmm. don't involve action adventure. So, But yeah, it's weird because you, on the flip side of this, you do get a lot of other characters who do show up in Errol Flynn movies, mm-hmm. particularly, though we will not be covering it in this podcast, or maybe anytime soon, <laughs> to be honest. Um, there's a lot of people who are in uh, the classic Adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn that are also in this movie. So yeah, it's fun. It's just, you know. A lot of a lot of cross-contamination. Yeah, it's very incestuous yeah. over there at Warner Brothers. <laughs> oh, so. yeah, that's how they all did it, I guess, mm-hmm. back, back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's true. You're contracted for 20 movies. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yep. Wild. Well, I guess mainly we're interested in the differences mm. between this and Captain Blood, considering yes. you're five years apart. Yeah. And, um trying to do slightly different things mm-hmm. I think this is a more serious movie yes I think yes yeah I I guess I don't know you want to start it you want to do a brief summary because this one is pretty pretty easy to summarize it is pretty simple you should probably do it though okay well I'm always very bad at summarizing but let's give it a shot so basically the Seahawks are a group of like unofficial English sailors who keep stealing from the Spanish like they're like privateers they're like privateers yes. Once again, that's how <laughs> piracy is justified. Yeah, totally fine. It's for the crown. Yeah, there are reparations for the crown. Yeah. Uh, Queen Elizabeth is on the throne. N- numero uno, I might mm-hmm. add. Um, so unlike, that's a very clear difference with Captain Blood. Captain Blood takes place much later. This takes place much earlier historically. Mm-hmm. Basically, you have Spain with evil <laughs> Hitler Philip, I guess, being like, I really want to invade England, but... Um, 
I think that's a great thing we need to do, but I need time to build up my armada to do it, so I'm going to go send an ambassador to, like, you know, kind of We're gonna be fake calm friends. down and be frenemies, fake yeah. friends with Queen Elizabeth. So he sends his ambassador, Don Alvarez, to go to England. Alvarez brings his niece, Donna Maria, with him. They get intercepted by the Albatross, who is captained by one dashing Jeffrey Thorpe. And Who is Jeffrey Thorpe played by? Oh, God. What is his name? I think... Oh, he's kind of like an unknown... <laughs> oh, just kidding. It's freaking Aeroflyn. Anyway. <laughs> showing up in this movie. Showing up. Dashing. Took him took him a bit to show it up. Did. You were it talking about that. It was interesting. But anyway, long story short, they bring him over to England. He gets, like, slapped on the wrist for taking an ambassadorship. But secretly, Elizabeth's like, I like your style. I like your moves. And he's like, awesome. Um, I'm going to go steal some gold in Panama that the Spanish are currently have claim over before they bring it back to Spain. What do you think of that? She's like, it's dangerous. I'm not going to, like, officially sanctify it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dope. I'm going to do it anyway. She's in like, awesome. In general, uh, she doesn't officially approve of the Seahawks. Yeah. But She's like, got that twinkle in her eye. Yeah. She's a fan. She's a big fan. She likes them. Yeah. She's like, you little rascals. Go do it. But also, like, if you get caught, I've got nothing to do with that shit. <laughs> Uh, so they go to Panama. It gets like really creepy. And well, there's a there's a trap because yeah. of of Lord Wolfingham, who is the spy mm. in Elizabeth's court. Yes. And so he tells really the really uh, pro Spanish. Yes, he tells the Spanish uh, to to lay in wait for mm-hmm. for Captain Thorpe yep. and his people in Panama, and and they when they get there, they are captured and yep. made into galley slaves. Basically. It's really rough. Yeah. Not fun. But basically, they overhear this thing where they're like, there is actual physical evidence that like Lord Wolfingham and the Spanish are in cahoots. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to try and invade England, so we're going to overtake our galley ship and hop into another ship, get those plans, sneak back into England to warn the Queen, which mm-hmm. they all do. There's some, you know... They have, to, they have to fight their way to the Queen. They you fight know. their way to the Queen. Um, there's a lot of, you know, declarations of love and then being like, I'm going to hop out the carriage now. Don't worry about me. I'm going to sword fight Lord Wolfingham, win the day. And then the queen's going to be like, not today, Spain. We're going to fight you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. did get a little unclear uh, near the end, I thought, because mm-hmm. uh, he does have to fight his way in yeah. to see her. Yeah. Which makes sense because the Spanish and our traitor, Lord Wolfingham, yeah. don't want him in. But I kept thinking, um, surely some of those... Uh, Dudes are cool with guards them. are just yeah regular guards yeah. who would have no problem with them. They're all like automatically Spanish guards. Maybe they, they were all uh, resting and the Spanish guards were on shift. Maybe. Yeah. We don't know about that rotation. You know. A lot of Spanish guards. There were quite a few. It's very insidious. Yes. Um, but that's basically it. That's how it goes down. It's pretty straightforward. Really. Yeah. It's it's definitely much more overtly political than Captain Blood for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is coming out during a arguably more politically hot time yes, considering the Philip, break of world war Two. philip is you know trying to spread his whatever words elizabeth used at the end of this movie mm. you know he's trying to spread his his uh, corruption and poison poison and, and, yeah. and all that uh over you know england and theoretically all of europe like mm-hmm. a certain other someone might mm. have wanted to do mm-hmm. uh, and they're gonna stop him was pretty much how the movie ends so i, I don't think it's horribly political throughout it doesn't feel it it's more that that's how it ends it's very clear that that's the message i think the fact that so there are a couple screenwriters on this one of them the original guy they didn't like his take on it so they brought in another guy who's very like staunchly Mm anti-fascist and so he made like an effort to infuse that and invoke that kind of language of being like we're going to triumph this tiny island up against this massive force trying to invade us it's not going to happen and I think they they also kind of thoughtfully were like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna also make sure that this gets to America because they are undecided right now. So we're just gonna try politely nudge them. So it's not super overt until like the very very end with the the Queen of England's final speech. Yeah, I guess um, in in the context of it being for America. Yes. More political because of course if this was like a British movie, it yeah. wouldn't be that weird that it's really all in on Britain. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a lot for an American movie. Yeah. So. You can tell they're trying to send that message. Yes. But we were reading about it, mm-hmm. and I saw mention that some critics felt that it detracted from the movie how um, obvious it was that there were other goals there, uh, yeah. topical themes. Mm-hmm. I thought that seemed like a great example of 
the kind of thing that uh, isn't really as noticeable when you're not living in 1940. Exactly. I'm not sure if that was a contemporary review or what, but mm-hmm. you see that a lot with movies now, you know, someone saying it's too obvious that, that this is actually about some topical thing. And right. I think it's surprising to find that when you look back at such a movie, often it's not really that obvious. It's obvious because, like, you were thinking about that, mm-hmm. you went in to see the movie, and the movie was also about that. Yeah. But if we watch the sea like now, like, obviously you can tell it's about fighting this scary European aggressor. Yes. But at the same time, most of it is just a movie about, you know, a captain who is taken uh, captive aboard a ship. And yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's screaming at you the whole time or anything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 100%. I like that theme, though. It made it feel um, different from Captain Blood, you know. For sure. It's definitely, it's a much more serious movie. I mean, it's still obviously very fun. You've, you've still kind of got the broad strokes of, um, you know action sequences you still got the the niece or relative of a ambassador or governor someone in a political position of the opposing force that ends up falling in love with the captain you've got a very loyal crew being like anything for the captain you know and a last minute heroics it's all there you've got the beautiful iconic sword fight in the shadows at the Mm -hmm. very end um which is hilarious because uh, <laughs> Errol Flynn's opponent, the actor who plays Lord Wolfingham, uh, was not a very good fencer. And basically, they're like, uh, "Don't worry, man, we'll get you for close-ups." And they had to, they had to use a stunt double for a lot Fix of it. Fix it in post. Fix say. it in post. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. Is basically what it was. Um, um, I wanted to talk about Errol Flynn. I yeah, guess. man of the um, hour. Let's do it. I was saying to you before, I think, and after. Mm. I just expected. Uh, that he basically played the same character in all his pirate movies. Right. And I didn't really think this was the case watching this um, because Captain Thorpe here is a lot more like kind of... First of all, he's more... um, I guess he's less roguish, you know? Mm -hmm. Seems like a little more by the book. Yes. Uh, He's very uh, professional. (laughs) Yes. But also that comes with it sort of a a formality that means he has this sort of awkward touch like when he's interacting with uh, oh, I forgot her name, you know. I'm sorry. Donna Maria. <laughs> With Donna Maria. Yeah. Um, which is, it's different than like the way the um, love story plays out in Captain Blood, which yeah. is more of a traditional like, ah, oh, they they hate each other and they throw some barbs at each other sort of yes. thing. I mean, they don't like each other at the start of this one for obvious reasons. Uh, I think he's like automatically in love with her. Yeah. Well, he likes her. Like, you took my bling. It fades much more quickly. Yes. In this one. But it's just interesting the way he interacts there because it's actually kind of less, like, swaggery movie star. Oh, it's more 100% like, awkward. It's it's played for comedy. Yeah, com- comedic. It's it's very different. I liked that. And, you know, he looks a little older in this, too, so mm-hmm. it helps. Five um, years of hard living, guys. <laughs> yeah. It helps him feel, feel different. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was it was interesting to watch it. Like, it actually... Um, felt like there was some growth I guess in, in yeah a little bit more acting. range than I was anticipating mm-hmm. for someone who's like you get some actors who are whether it's old classic Hollywood or modern day like movie stars where you're you're just like they are talented but so much of that presence is just pure like natural charisma yeah they're really playing themselves they're really playing themselves and yet like they're insanely good at it and so that's kind of the assumption you get with Errol Flynn and it's just kind of made a little bit more apparent that, like, yeah, he, he probably has a, a little bit more of a limited range than other stars mm-hmm. of the day, but he was just as big. And so it is fun to see that, like, when he's set within the confines of, like, I don't know, his, his stereotypical, like, I do pirate action movies. I mm-hmm. mean, he obviously goes on and does a bunch of other things, too, but, like, that is what he was most famous for. It's fun to see that, like, within that kind of pigeonhole he still has a little bit of maneuverability with his characters there's a little bit yeah. more range than you anticipate so that's pretty dope I thought the love interest uh, the actress you know she she's suited to fine you know she isn't a famous pairing of course yeah. <laughs> but um she, she doesn't have quite as much to do as for uh, sure as she, in she, she swoons she swoons a lot yes although there is that segment section in Captain Blood too where uh, she isn't in it for a while, yes. really. Yeah. So I wouldn't say either of them have a great focus, really, on on the love interest. Agreed. 
I would say uh, comparatively, and this is me just being 100% biased, so as a little kid growing up watching Errol Flynn movies, this is the first pairing where he wasn't that I saw where he wasn't with Olivia de Havilland Mm -hmm. and I was just like what is happening (laughs) like I was genuinely thrown off as a child despite the fact being like you know that they are allowed to have other Mm -hmm. co-stars but um and it's not to say that he doesn't have good chemistry with Brenda Marshall she's the one the actress who plays Donna Maria like they do and and the role is serviceable they do fine it's just like it's so ingrained if you like being like it's not Olivia de Havilland, which is honestly fine because like you said I think their their love story comparatively is like there's not as much for her to do mm-hmm. but I guess that kind of dovetails nicely into a quick little segment I like to call can we name all the people who are in this movie who are in other Elfland movies that would be your My expertise forte. yeah Right. So like I said, you don't have the classics, you don't have Basil, you don't have Olivia, but who you do have is you've got uh, Una O'Connor, who also plays uh, basically the same role in Robin Hood. Uh, she is the like lady-in-waiting-slash-assistant chaperone, I guess, of the main love interest. Uh, she is serves Maid Marian in Robin Hood and then she serves Donna Maria in this one and I think those are like only a year or two apart so I'm Mm -hmm. just like you have been typecasted Um, and then Little John in Robin Hood is Carl Pitt in this one who's like the second mate I guess Mm -hmm. Um, and who else do we have? Oh obviously Claude Rains so Claude Rains plays Prince John in Robin Hood and he plays Don Alvarez, the Spanish ambassador, the evil Spanish ambassador, and Don Maria's um, uncle in this. And it is really weird because I have only, I haven't seen him in that many movies, but obviously one of the first ones I saw him in was Robin Hood, and that is in color. This is not mm-hmm. in color. And so it was very odd because they clearly were like, we're going to try and make you look really Spanish. Claude Rains is famous for being a redhead. <laughs> and they're like, we're going to darken everything about you. We're going to make your eyebrows like evil menace eyebrows. And it, it did throw me off a bit to be like, oh my God, that's him. Because obviously like he has very similar mannerisms. So he's a very distinct voice. So like when he's on screen and he starts talking, you're like, oh, that's Claude Rains. But at the same time, you're like, visually, this is looking a little bit different mm-hmm. to me. Um, I don't feel like they made a, that much of an attempt to really convey Spanish in no, general in this really movie. No, really not at all. I mean, it's definitely coded as, like, Spanish, you're darker, you're a bad guy. Like a little bit. Mainly they just kind of told us they were Spanish yeah. and yeah. <laughs> took it from there. Mm-hmm, basically. Didn't get a lot of Spanish off of uh, off of the his knees. Donna Maria? Yeah. You mean Brent? Yeah, Brenda <laughs> doesn't... I mean, she has dark hair, and yeah. I think that's about... <laughs> The attempt, but then you think about her, and then you think about like Olivia de Havilland, yeah. who is, I think, has lighter hair, and so it wouldn't even pop as much, probably. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting the the casting choices back in the nineteen forties and how they code it, and they're like, and you will play a Spaniard. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, lots of fun, weird casting choices. Obviously, behind the scenes, you have the same composer as you had for Captain mm-hmm. Blood. It was a it was a good score. Yeah, this one is is really really famous score yeah. apparently, uh, along with obviously the, the Robin Hood. But it really, um, I don't know, caught the attention a few times. Yes, it's very stirring. That style of scoring is definitely like it's really full on. Mm-hmm. So I think you don't always notice it much because it's just always there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it still kind of managed to poke out sometimes. I yeah. felt like and and catch the attention because it would a segment that was just that much better than the rest of it yes that was cool yeah i like that i do want to i don't really know exactly what i want to say about this whoops on preparation but i do want to circle back to kind of the cool fact that uh, in terms of filmmaking this is obviously slightly different because it's a different story some different cast members than captain blood but what i really mm-hmm. love is the fact and i don't really think i've seen it in any other movie aside from maybe Wizard of Oz, yeah, which Wizard just Oz. tells you how how many more black and white classic movies I need to watch. But the really cool thing that I always liked and picked up on as a kid whenever I watched this movie is it shifts from black and white to sepia. And the shift is brief and it only happens uh, obviously when they go to Panama. So that whole sequence is in sepia. And mm-hmm. it's really, really cool because like when the prince got sent for like TV it's in black and white or it got recolored like it's for some reason they're like 
even though originally the sequence was in sepia, we're just going to keep it black and white. But what I love about the difference is because it, you know, it's an attempt at something because it wasn't in color, even though color was obviously available at this point. It's really cool to be like, all right, with the materials that we have, how can we kind of evoke the idea that not only is this a different part of the world, but like it just feels hotter. And it's just with a quick color change. It's really impressive. And it's just, I feel like that sequence already kind of stands out just from a narrative standpoint because it gets like real dark. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of like people are going legit crazy in that swamp. It was my favorite part. Yeah. And it's yeah. something that I don't think you'd expect to see in like a classic, heroic, even albeit like slightly more political pirate yeah. movie. That You're was like, when the, the tone shifted, I thought. Absolutely. It was the similar tropes as Captain Blood. Mm up to that point I felt like yes um even down to the sort of pirate sort of behavior that is justified yes um I'm like the Spanish are bad for good it's fine yeah but uh yeah it was, it was unexpected uh like you know that they're um there's a trap waiting for them yeah you know that like there's gonna be some sort of skirmish but yeah. what you expect is just you know they'll have a ship battle or something yeah and face a It'll loss. It'll be like a brawling good time, and we'll come out on top. I felt like it turned into uh, basically the equivalent of a, a horror movie for like a, a few minutes. Like a psychological horror, yeah. Yeah, where, where they're not in the ship anymore, and then they're like getting picked off in the swamp. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the, the color change does add to it. Yeah. And... It just it feels, it feels oppressive. They're in the yeah. swamp and... Claustrophobic and otherworldly, and it just feels hot. Yeah, they conveyed it very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they commit to it because, of course, they get captured, and so obviously it gets a little bit sw- less swashbuckly for a while mm-hmm. because they're... Uh, Galley slaves. They're not in a very happy place. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was impressive. It, it really made the movie work in a way, I think, because it stops it from just being the same thing throughout mm-hmm. I think it was interesting how they also managed to convey even though I, I don't actually know if it was explicitly said or not like how long they were in the swamps for because obviously you get visually you, you're like oh well obviously their clothes are getting a little bit more ruined and mm-hmm. all that stuff but like because of the color change to sapia it does feel like a very distinct impactful part of the movie and so when you do switch back to black and white it's just something really interesting thematically where it's like we went through this whole experience it's going to really stick out and it's going to permeate throughout the rest of the movie so it's like even though we've gone back to black and white and we're kind of back to the more traditional we have to save the queen and stop all this from happening narrative there is like I don't know, kind of almost like a trauma of them Mm -hmm. being like yeah we were in the galley (laughs) after Panama and like Panama is just a like just a huge like light or spot or something. Well, when they return to the ship, yeah, uh, like and and it's obvious something is wrong, <laughs> and the, you know the people aren't standing a guard or you know they're not responding. Mm-hmm. It's very unsettling. It's like you know it's gonna happen. It really is all in the execution. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing like happens all the time in in Byra movies, but it feels like something has gone horribly wrong <laughs> i you could correct me if i'm wrong we'll have to go back and and see this but i'm fairly confident that there if there is music it gets very very quiet at that i think part. it does um yeah yeah i actually remember it's very foreboding that. um every everything was working like it doesn't it. the I music f- and the and the yeah i feel look. like the music obviously is there to sometimes people say it's like it tells you how you're supposed to be feeling with this mm. scene and so i think for like classic big pirate movies with a score this rousing you think they go really big would be like something mm-hmm. creepy's coming but they like they pull back if it in a way that um, almost makes it worse if it didn't drop out entirely it certainly dropped out mostly because yes. i mean the rest of the movie is like strings firing off at you know yeah 20 notes a second yeah. all the time it's not like that at all certainly yeah i remember it, yeah i made it feel different it mm-hmm. oddly when you i don't know when you watch a movie with this kind of look mm-hmm. and you take sort of the old classic movie scoring out of it mm-hmm. suddenly it feels more like you're watching some sort of like you know n- new hollywood like uh, 60s 70s yeah. weird movie because it almost uh, they didn't do this but it almost has the feel of like you know someone using a bunch of weird jump cuts or something and mm-hmm. like disorienting you and, and they're just in the swamp kind of going around in circles like you, 
you don't have a good sense of the space at all. Mm -hmm. Like, you can see that they're there, and they are trundling along, mm -hmm. but, like, where they're headed, which direction, is... Yes. You can't get a grasp of that. Mm -hmm. Which you could even do on accident. Like, you could yeah. just not build a very good set, and that yeah. would work, I guess. But however <laughs> they... have restraints. Whatever the intentionality of it, like, it, it really does work. Um, I and I think it, it is it is all in, like, the the directing, the look and the music, not so much even in the characters telling you how bad it is, because it's like, I feel like when they, hands, when they yeah. go back to this, the ship, it's, it's conveyed through everything, but not, not the dialogue, basically, you yeah. know, just the feeling before anyone even says anything that, uh, it's off, basically. Yeah. So I like Panama a lot. Yeah, it was good. Traumatic, yeah. Hey, we have to pay for that, you know. Oh, yeah, sorry. Too much ignoring, panel. ignoring. <laughs> that didn't happen, but you're all thinking it now. Um, yeah, I think that's probably w one of the biggest sequences, obviously. The obvious one that stands out upon watching it and rewatching mm -hmm. it is each time I see that sequence, I'm just like, wow, this is harrowing and terrifying. And they did such a good job executing it. I don't think I've ever seen uh, such an effective shift of color uh at least from a movie of that era really and in that genre of like yeah it's really really great because obviously wizard of oz it's they a, use it effectively <laughs> that's uh, you know kind of a big one um but i mean in terms of like a pirate action movie i don't yeah. think i've really ever seen that happen for a classic black and white for them to intentionally switch it out so that was awesome mm -hmm. um what do you think about queen elizabeth man how she are we was about uh her? She's pretty good. I liked that uh you can tell mm. that she likes uh she likes him yeah. and she likes the Seahawks in general. Yeah. Uh some of which is done through but you know, they they do tell you literally, like they have her talk to him and mm -hmm. say like, you know, in secret <laughs> do this. Yes. Even though I told you not to. Mm -hmm. Uh but you can get that vibe even before just cuz you can tell she's like, "Oh, you know, you guys shouldn't be doing this." Mhm. Mm but it's it's not that passionate, you know. She's like, <laughs> oh, so exasperated. Oh, real guys. anger. It's kind of funny when you think about it. I mean, in the context of a pirate movie, they are, of course, setting up this message about this, this anti-Hitler type mm -hmm. message with Spain standing in for them. And at the same time, of course, our heroes are endorsing just ransacking mm -hmm. Spanish ships because... Why they're not? bad, so yeah. we're good, so we get to. You literally get <laughs> a slap on the wrist and be like, I like your monkey. Thank you for the pet monkey for, like, sinking an ambassador ship that's mm -hmm. on the way over here. Like, that's it's a Like a little, little contradictory. Yeah. It isn't in terms of the politics. Like, yes. if you're literally thinking about Spain like Germany, uh, you know, it's pretty justified to do whatever they can to <laughs> shut them down. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's what people mean when they say... Oh, they think it takes from the movie. I suppose in the historical context of like just Eng England and Spain. Yes. Uh, these are pretty harsh measures yeah. <laughs> they're being advocated for. Um, but I guess that's that's the propaganda element of it. Yes. Yeah, the monkey. I forgot about the monkey. The monkey. That's a classic pirate it movie is. element. It is. I know. Yeah. Some classic pirate tropes there. Wasn't a monkey in Captain Blood. There wasn't it? a monkey in Captain no. Blood. No, that's this really what that was missing. It was a very well-trained monkey. It was a super well-trained monkey. It did monkey. some pretty good stuff. There are a lot of hat tricks. Yeah. Going on. That's hard to say with making sure there's a space in between. Good job, monkey. I didn't catch yeah. the monkey's name. I don't think they used to put that in the credits, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but he did a good job. That does. It does kind of worry me when I see old movies with oh, like yeah. animals yeah. that are really well-trained. I'm like, how abused were you? Um, but I yeah, he was a very well-trained monkey, and I remember getting really excited when I saw him again, because I was like, oh yeah, this is a thing in pirate movies, you either get, like, parrots or monkeys, and we didn't have, I don't believe either of those in Captain Blood, no, so this is pretty exciting. There, um, that is something about Elizabeth, too, that, that I guess is endearing, is, is like the monkey comes in and messes up the court, Yeah. and it's like, oh no, a scandal, sort of mm -hmm. how it's played, but then once you get to, um, like, the next scene where the monkey meets back up with, a uh, the captain yeah and uh then elizabeth comes in you can tell she's like sh amused by it you know, mm -hmm. she likes mm -hmm. it she's even like covering her smile with her yeah. fan when she's at court which is just really great i think she did a, a nice job of capturing you know out of the many portrayals on film of queen elizabeth mm -hmm. i think she's a she's a really fun one because she was good 
Drew's good in her big speech too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's important. Yeah. Uh, and it's the last thing in the movie, right? She ends on yeah, that. Yeah, so it ends on that. It's important. She gets the last word. Yeah. That's definitely part of. Uh, I was thinking earlier why the, the love story doesn't matter as much anyway. In Captain Blood, because it has less lofty concerns, I think. Mm-hmm. The general swashbuckling and love story is kind of the main thing. I mean, I guess the main story is trying to make sure he's he's free to sail the seas uh, yes. without any hindrance anymore. Yes. Since he has some enemies. Yeah. But has a country again now. Yeah, and he yeah. has a country again. But at the same time, like, a lot of it hinges on... You know, they, they reunite at the end, and, yeah. and they're in love, and that's how the movie it's ends. It's definitely, like, a main story engine. Yeah. In this, it's like, this. you gotta have a romance plot, but the movie is really about, like, stopping the Spanish. Yeah. That's the plot. Yeah. And so, fittingly, you know, that's how it ends. Well, they don't even stop them, right? You know, it ends with Elizabeth being like, uh, they're gonna come here soon, <laughs> and we Check better stop them. Up. Yeah. yeah. I do think it's really interesting uh, that uh, they do still manage to slip in some, like, significant looks between Donna Maria and Thorpe during the speech to like <laughs> almost like allow the audiences to be like don't worry guys even though like we're not going to end with them you know that they're getting together it's all going to be fine it's all going to be good yeah I was going to say uh, our villain yes well we have a few villains yes our English villain yes Lord, Lord Wolfingham. Wolfingham great name Mm-hmm. Uh, although apparently he cannot sword fight, as you have said. No, no, no. This um, is like a well-known fact, though. I'm not just being a jerk. Like, <laughs> in terms you said of production, it was a stunt double. Yes. Yeah. Which, yeah, in terms of production, they were like, uh, he tried so hard, but in the end, we're like, this is just Henry Daniel can't. That's the actor for Lord Wolfingham. He cannot. Uh, mm-hmm. He was not trained, and there honestly was not enough time to get it. Look, looking good enough where he could do a majority of it, mm-hmm. so they switched him out. Uh, that is a, one really fun note I'd like to say as a deviation. Uh, this is a really awesome sword fight, mm-hmm. obviously, but it is fun to see kind of the difference between, um, you know, Errol Flynn as an actor and as a as like a stunt performer mm-hmm. uh, in Captain Blood compared to now. So like, obviously the the character roles are a little different. Um, but it's very obvious that he's he's much more comfortable uh, and uh, much more proficient as a, mm. a swordsman. So that's exciting. That's good. That's the kind of growth you want. That's what you want. You would, you would think after like five <laughs> years of doing like action movies and swordplay that he would you would hope he would be better. Well, um, and he wasn't bad to begin with. So yeah, you told me about the um, the other actor in the stunt double before I saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even then, like literally looking for it you can't really tell i mean it's a really hard nice benefit in, in black and movie. white yeah. <laughs> yeah it's black and white like and it's not like super high quality uh you know zooming on the face right. imagery or something so lots of shadows mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah that could be the guy that is what? also kind of like a another cool thing to see evolve is like that is the call one of the calling cards of the director michael curtis is um obviously sword fighting in shadow and letting the shadow mm-hmm. kind of dictate the action um, made very famous in Robin Hood but also to great effect as well here in the Seahawk and and used to their advantage in the Seahawk for having two opponents that are clearly not evenly matched mm-hmm. um, it is nice in black and white because like if you're obviously if you're looking for it you can spot when it is the double because there are some takes where you're like this clearly isn't the actor and his mm-hmm. face but um, honestly I think it's 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 cut and and choreographed so seamlessly that even with the knowledge that like he didn't do all this you're like this is really impressive that considering these were the constraints that they had for the sequence it turned out as well as it did the actor was appropriately uh foppish and weaselly unpleasant and weaselly yes the rest of the time so you just seem sweaty you just seem sweaty (laughs) all the time they're wearing that you know those fine those fine leggings yes this movie really uh yeah. Yeah. I heard. Uh, I'd have to look this up again. Preparation. Um, that they reused a lot of the costumes in this movie that they did for um, Elizabeth and Essex, which I believe is another movie that Errol Flynn did. Uh, and obviously, it is set in the, the Elizabethan era. Might as well. It might as well. They're like, yeah. we already know it's going to fit, and it's historically accurate. And apparently, those costumes were like painstakingly made. So they're like get some use out of them so that is also a, a fun difference between this movie and captain blood which is sometimes i think not a huge deal at all but it is fun to point out that like 
they made an attempt to make the costumes accurate in this one in terms mm-hmm. of time period, and they're not even close to being accurate in Captain Blood for yeah. historical reference. But I think that also caters to the fact that obviously they're getting a little bit more sophisticated with their storytelling mm-hmm. and creating a mood and the fact that like this is more political so they are trying to be like this is set in elizabethan and we want you to know that it is set here but just because it's set here doesn't mean it you know it, it could apply elsewhere like we're never going to break the movie world we're just going to do it through like intention rather than what you actually see on screen we're definitely more sophisticated in general i mean there's there's definitely less action in this yeah than like captain blood yeah but I think there's better action. Yeah. I mean that that sword fight is at the end is better mm. than than the sword fights I think in yeah. Captain Blood. Um, and a lot of it maybe is just because of that one shot that we were talking about, mm-hmm. um, where they fight um, across the hall and you you see their shadows fighting on the wall, mm-hmm. um, which is great. I thought I don't know if it's a famous shot, but as soon as I saw it, I thought uh, it should be. So perhaps yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, you. It seems like the kind of thing you would see in a montage of, you know, great <laughs> movie history, cinematography yeah. of the '40s or something. Um, yeah, it was great. Elevate. Like, not to belittle the rest of the movie, but it was suddenly like, wow, where did that shot come from? Fucking elevated that. <laughs> great uh, job. <laughs> yeah, it is really interesting to note that. Um, I mean, I think there's only one big ship battle, and it's at the very beginning. Yeah, I was gonna say they kind of start quicker. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because they they start quicker, and if you compare, which is not fair to do, because it's obviously a different movie, but same genre, um, if you compare it to Captain Blood, it's really interesting because you have a lot of the same beats that are hitting of like, oh, there's a ship that's coming upon us, do you recognize it? No, I don't. Do you think it's a bad ship? Well, we we should be safe, and obviously they're not, and then Mm -hmm. they engage, but whether or not it's because Captain Blood used a lot of reused footage from a previous movie and so they could only work with certain shots um, this movie like the whole thing is we're gonna fight but also like the ship is gonna sink and they actually like deal with that so there's like an automatic like clock that's going on where you're like oh I'm invested because like this is really gripping and the action's really fun Mm -hmm. and this starts a whole lot quicker but at the same time, you're like, oh my god, there's the added element of, like, the ship is going to sink, and this dude doesn't want to surrender, which is hilarious, by the way, because he's like, Captain's going yes. down with the ship for two seconds, and he's like, I've done my time. Please come get me. Well, it's the, about the principle, you know? Yes, yes. It's Not about actually matter. doing it. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's like the movie starts, and right away, it wants you to know, um, you know, this is a this is a ship sailing, swashbuckling movie. Mm-hmm. Here is a ship battle. Yes. You're not really going to get that for most of the rest of it mm-hmm. so like just so you know up front that is the kind of movie it is I promise yes yeah um, but I think the added element of like obviously in other movies you have ship battles and ship sink but mm-hmm. I feel like you don't have characters that are in a dire like hey we gotta get you off the ship I think there's a very like like you said Captain Thorpe follows the rules it's yeah. very like procedural and so in a sense of like we've taken the ship you must surrender, and now we're going to grab everything. At, like, this is not their first rodeo. Mm. Like, they're a very efficient, organized crew, and it's really fun to see that apply to certain situations where you're just like, oh, hey, like, he's got this shit down. He knows exactly what's going to happen, and even though we throw this added benefit of, like, um, if you don't get off the ship, it's going to be bad, like, got it all organized. So it's a nice mm-hmm. character moment, but it's also a really fun action moment where it feels like this is a little bit newer and fresher. The, um... A ship battle also has uh, like a single image that is, I think, more exciting than like, anything that was in like Captain Blood ship battle, mm. which is uh, that thing where the um, oars are breaking. Yeah, the the oars yeah, stuck out on the that. ships, and they got really close together, and yeah, the oars started snapping. snapping off. Yeah, it was really, it looked really good. I yeah. mean, presumably those. Do you know how they did it? Is that not a clue? Do these models? I do know that um, for some of the the ship scenes. They basically had to build a whole new stage because there wasn't a tank big enough currently at the time. But that's mm-hmm. about the extent of what I know in terms of choreographing the ship battles. I'm sure some models were used. Do not quote me on it. But I do know that for some of the things that they shot, they're like, we need a bigger tank. So they like had some, some properly very big yes. yeah. sets too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, I love that. You know what's really funny is, like we said, there aren't as many 
modern pirate movies to compare to see like tropes that came before it and how they get mm-hmm. reused, revitalized, or, or remixed. But I've never seen the oar snapping thing before in modern day. Like we have Pirates of the Caribbean, and you have, at least with the first one, with the the more traditional grounded one with Black Pearl, when they have their big ship battle, you're like, oh yeah, this is like you know old 1930s, 1940s pirate movies. Yeah. Where you know they shoot at each other and things. They collapse. do the shooting. They do the uh, you know swing to the other across. ship. Like yeah. that's all there. But I'm like, I've never seen the oars. Like obviously there are the oars on the Black Pearl where he says bring out the swips with Barbosa. Just want to clarify. <laughs> In terms of oar snapping, have not seen it. Very yeah. cool effect. Well, it sounds great. And uh, yeah. I hope they snap some real oars to get that sound. Yeah, Who knows? I think so. I would hope so. I mean, mm-hmm. we may never know. <laughs> you gotta make it real. It's true. It's true. They kind of had to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had limitations, man, yeah. but it made for some really awesome ingenuity and practical effects that mm-hmm. really hold up, I would say. I, I know we already mentioned this earlier, but I also really enjoy the fact that it's kind of teasing and Thorpe doesn't show up right away. Yeah, he doesn't. Which is great. Which you say is rare for Errol Flynn. I movies. feel like it is. <laughs> Like I said, I haven't seen many of his movies, but he's usually in it within, like, five minutes or less. Mm-hmm. And it's a very stirring, rousing introduction of, like, boom, here's your dude. And I love that in this one, they're like, we're going to make you wait for it, guys. Like, you yeah. know he's coming. Well, and we start on the, the Spanish ambassadors. Yeah. But even when you cut, ship. finally cut to his ship, you have to go through a whole sequence of all his crew members mm-hmm tossing orders back and forth and you finally get him and it just feels like i suppose it's, it's more effective it's very once, effective like once it's uh he's already a star yes you know, to, to really yeah you're like mess can't with the wait audience. to see him on screen yeah um yeah well it's like captain blood is just like the movie starts and like here he is and he's a doctor and mm-hmm. some stuff happens like there's not like exactly a lot of drama to his appearance. Yeah, anything. I do think there are some really fun parallels of like you're seeing, even though Captain Blood, as he mentions, has had previous experiences on the high seas, he wants to settle down and live his life as a as a doctor, and then you follow him on his journey as he you know becomes a pirate. Whereas with this one, obviously, it's like as we said before, this is not his first rodeo. Yes. He's been doing this for a while. He's a very accomplished uh, sailor and pirate. And it's fun to kind of, you know, overlay that parallel with, like, the career of Errol Flynn. It's like, he's not a new, fresh-faced mm-hmm. actor anymore. He's established, and this is clearly not his first rodeo doing this type of to thing. To the audience. Yeah, you, you don't need to see him learn how to do this. You already know he yes, can. Yes, you already know he can. So yeah. it's just kind of like, it's really fun to, A, play with, like, the audience expectation of being like, you know, he's coming, we're not going to show him to you right away, and also the fact of, like... We all know that, like, he can do the things he's done. This mm-hmm. is his bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Do you have a? I'm gonna I'm gonna take Panama off the board because mm-hmm. I feel like it's such an obvious choice because it's so freaking good. Do you have a favorite scene or sequence? Well, I'm forced to ignore Panama. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked that. You know, the end fight. Um, mm-hmm. especially when he was fighting with Lord Wolfingham, although the whole sequence was fun. He fights through the other the guards and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, which reminds me that I do like that scene when um when he has to sneak back in. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. And they uh he's he's in the back of the um the carriage. The carriage with with her and uh they see him mm-hmm. <laughs> but then he escapes before uh, they're able to check. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, makes uh, our Spanish guards look like idiots. Yes. Which is funny. We assume um, they're all Spanish. Oh, they must be. They I must be, right? It doesn't make any sense. Otherwise, d- you're killing a lot of Englishmen. Why would they hate him otherwise? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is something we missed where Wally was gone, the English uh, guards were like, we we're hate Captain Thorpe now. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Your turn to pull the shift. We, uh, as far as like, that's, that's you know, really the main action sequence that isn't the beginning. Right. And I think that was fun. Um, but if there's like a fun scene or a funny scene that I liked a lot it was that one where um where he's trying to talk to um ah he stole mine yeah to her on the ship yeah and uh she's you know below decks out Mm -hmm. the looking out the um is it a window on a ship what do you call it oh she's out like on a on a a deck it's just got railing yeah and uh and he's like trying to talk to her from the deck on top and (laughs) 
so very funny. badly. It's some very like, you know, cringed comedy stuff. <laughs> it makes me want to seek out any comedy roles that he has been uh-huh. in because his timing is very good. Because he's basically like a very <laughs> insular, contained. Mm-hmm. You can just tell there's a like he's probably screaming internally, being like, I don't know how to talk to this person. So he just like kind of repeats the same questions. Um, and it's just very, very entertaining because the, the, just the timing is really great. I think that's one of my favorites because, like you said, it's so obvious that he has less has less swagger. And his this. crew were like, ha, and the they're captain like, oh, and woman. can't talk to Ugh. women. But it's really funny that the the exception they make is like, except for Elizabeth. There was like, yeah, well, yeah, she's but the queen. she's also a man. They basically crack the joke. She's like, well, that's more man-to-man oh, yeah. conversation is, anyway. Yeah. Um, which is hilarious and really interesting, in fact, because I know, like, Queen Elizabeth was always like, yes, I'm the weaker female vessel, but just yeah. think of me as a man. Like, it's something she was always, like, striving for in terms of image. She's like, I'm basically a king, guys. Well, many variations in that kind of joke, I feel like, about, like, the the queen and, yes. you know, how, like, she counts differently. Yes, 100%. You know, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I love that scene. I also... Um, oddly near and dear to my heart even though it is technically in panama it is another comedy beat where um thorpe and his one of his crew members pit who is little john uh they are talking about mosquitoes <laughs> and he's like hold your breath and they're like no oh my god these beasts they've got me and <laughs> it just makes me laugh every time because they play really well off of each other and it's a fun moment of levity before like shit gets really real he's like, that's why i was thrown off guard yeah you just think it's going to be a light romp in the swamp. It's unexpected. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I like those scenes. Um, so I guess, what else do you want to talk about? It's like most of the movie. Yeah. We didn't talk much about the part where they are actually uh, slaves. Oh, which is yes. pretty dark, too. Yeah. I mean, you got some people oh, yeah, where they're like, dropping dead while they're yeah, Jesus. using the, um, the oars, which yeah. is a pretty classic uh, trope for these situations, mm-hmm. I think. But... Uh, uh, for some reason, when I your feel boss like thinks you're slacking, but you're actually dead. That's fun. Yeah, I haven't seen that many of these movies. I guess maybe it's books or something. I feel like I've seen this scenario many times. Yes. This whole like characters Chained are yeah, trapped as slaves, and like they have to pass a secret message back, and like wait till dark, and one of them wriggles their way slightly out of the the ore chain, and mm-hmm. you know then it's chain reaction, and everyone escapes. Did you that just use a thing. pun there? A chain reaction. I did not mean to. <laughs> but, uh, I love it. That's how it goes. It's, I mean, it's the only way you can realistically get out of that situation. That's why I understand. Yeah. It's it's pretty straightforward. I don't honestly remember how he got from, like, the ship back to land, uh, but I don't know if you do. I mean, they, they break free, and the yeah. ship was, like, meeting up with yeah. another ship. Yeah. So they take over the ship, and then the ship that they're meeting up with... Uh, they helpfully let the audience know that, like, I've given the men the night off. They're still in town. They don't come back until dawn yeah. for us to set sail. So um, once they take over the um, the ambassador ship, basically, um, or the ship that is meant for the ambassador that has all this, you know, all the plans for... They sail back, yeah. They sail back gotcha. on that. They take over that, that because there's no crew there. Which I suppose counts as a sort of action sequence, too, if we yeah. were... We are counting I them. do think like the the moment where they are you know in the galley still chained up and they intentionally break out on a fight and steal the knife which is basically they're going to use to saw through the to like, mm-hmm. ease up on the on the clamp for the chains like that's a really great moment because they're like it's it feels very futile because they're just like oh we've got a rebellion on our hands and they know it's not going to work but the the whole point of it is just enough of a distraction to get this one thing that will actually get them out of there mm-hmm. um so i think that like you said the passing of the chains doing it quietly like it's a lot of tension and build up and then you know the the, the reveal that like they're not actually chained up they're ready to leap on them is just it's very mm-hmm. very well executed it's a slower kind of movie. I like the way the pace goes, though, the way you get to have them take it back, and then you get to have the follow-up of him sort of effortlessly, you know, fighting his way to, mm-hmm. to the queen at the end. Yeah. At that point, there's a feeling like like the real moment of triumph for him is, you know, getting the ship back and saving yes. the crew. Yeah. You're not really worried after that point. You're like, now it's like you know he's going to go in. And just swashbuckle his guys, way yeah. to to the queen. I think that and it's gonna be fun. The biggest moment of tension is like when they're at the gate and the guards are checking. I was like, is yeah. he gonna make it through? Because once he makes it through the gate, you're like, you're home free, buddy. You just gotta kill a lot of guards. 
Yeah. 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 It's pretty great. Anything else? That's, uh, I don't think so. Cool. I would say between this and Captain Blood, Captain B Blood is more like classic Sunday movie adventure, high rousing, mm -hmm. very, you know, cherry on top worldview of like very much the gung ho. Image, the image you would expect. The classic, yes. Yeah. And this one is totally a lot more serious, a little bit more political, obviously, but like arguably equally as fun, I would mm -hmm. say. Um, I have yet to decide between the two which one I like better, just on a personal preference. Um, and it is really fun to kind of see the the evolution of you know pirate filmmaking, as well as like you know a, a star's career who is defined by this genre. So it's fun to to watch those two back to back and just kind of spot the differences. I think awesome. I liked this one a little more. Mm. Uh, just some of the things it was doing appealed to me, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like it. I guess we should wrap up. Mm -hmm. Who knows what we're doing next? I do. I know well, what it is. I don't. I'm excited to find out. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess that'll be that. We'll swashbuckle next time. So this is Vicky signing off. This is Camden. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. If you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcast, and also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook. And you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. <laughs> um, also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off. <laughs> <laughs>